Well, on no better day today to be preaching on the gifts of healing. And we're going into the, the power gifts today on Pentecost Sunday, where Jesus Christ poured out his spirit upon us all, that we receive the power which he promised in Acts 1.8, which states you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In Acts 2.4, Acts 2, in came the Holy Spirit like a mighty rushing wind and filled the place and they're all speaking in tongues and they all prophesied. They had been equipped with their weaponries for the battlefield that we are on. God is good, amen. So this afternoon we're speaking on the gifts of healings. The gifts of healings. And it's the second of the power gifts there. The first power gift is the gift of faith. And it's the gift of healings and the gifts of miracles. So what we're doing is we're possessing what is ours through Christ. And we're allowing God to possess you through the Holy Spirit as he wills. See, God has given us to us the weapons that we need for this battle. He's given us the weapons that we need to edify his body. He's given us the weapons and the gifts so he can supernaturally and sovereignly work through his body as he wills. We don't want to build a man-made church. We want to build a Christ-centered church. We want to church that he has built by the power of the Holy Spirit and operating in the gifts of the Spirit and yielding to the Spirit and being sensitive to the Spirit allows him to move as he sovereignly wills and when he chooses. But the great thing is we already have the power of God inside us through the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we can access that for our own faith as well. So we have the faith to heal ourselves through the atonement of Christ but also we have the gifts that he can sovereignly move through us and we can also heal others. Do you know when we were liberated from Egypt, the Egypt is a type and shadow of the world system and when you gave your lives to Christ, you were liberated from the bondage of Egypt. You went into the wilderness and we were led by the pillar of fire by night and the cloud of fire by day. And that is a type and shadow of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We then pass through the Red Sea, which is a type and shadow of the water baptism. You pass through the Red Sea, and then the waves of the Red Sea come crashing down behind you and erase all of your past. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, all things are made new, and there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we're led out into the wilderness, and God teaches us faith. He teaches us his principles. He needs to renew our minds. Sanctification is a process, and we have our minds renewed as we go through the wilderness. We get to learn the nature of God. We get to learn how he operates. We get to learn to depend on him. He provides us with our supernatural manner. We see him as our Lord and as our Savior. And then we enter across the River Jordan into the promised land, into Canaan. And this is a type and shadow of your inheritance in Christ Jesus. A land flowing with milk and of honey. And it's in that place, it's in Canaan, that we are to live and do life. And in Canaan... There's no sickness and there's no disease. It's a a place flowing with milk and honey and God's provision of abundance. Amen? See, Joshua 1.3 says that every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given you. Christ has given us the land, but we must possess the land. Christ has given us We must take it. The gift of healing. Our healing is ours unto the atonement of Christ. But we must possess it. We must take that land. Amen? You see, 
In Isaiah 53, it states that, but his wound, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. 1 Peter 2.23 says, He himself bore our sins in his own body upon that tree. And the word states that cursed is the man who's pinned to the tree. Christ was pinned to the tree and the curse of sin and death was also pinned with him upon that tree. That we, having died to sins, when you gave your life to Christ, when you were baptized, you might live for righteousness by whose stripes, Apostle Peter says, you were healed. Isaiah was prophesizing the things to come that we will be healed. Peter was looking back and reflecting now on the positioning. In the past tense, were healed. We were healed 2,000 years ago upon that cross. And in Christ Jesus now, by what he has done for us, by the saving work of Christ, and through the justification of faith, we are healed. Jesus wants to heal. In Mark 16, 17, 18, he says, that, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. In Matthew 10.1, he says he then called his disciples to him. He gave them the power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and kinds of disease. You see that God wants to enter into, he, he wants us to enter into healing through our own faith. But he wants to heal others and he also wants to heal through us as he sovereignly wills through the manifestation and the gifts of healing. So the gifts allow God to sovereignly move on a moment of his choosing. God is sovereign. He does what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, and how he wants to do it. Amen? To illustrate the gifts of power, I'd like to show you now a a, a small clip that I found that I think illustrates a lot of the workings of our own faith, the sovereign power of God, and then God walking through others. So if you'd like to look to the screen, play your short clip. Oh, come on over here, please. Ah, uh, are you the mother of these two children? Come over here, please. Ah, uh, uh, who are you? I'm Mrs. Sini. Mrs. Sini? Yes, sir. Mrs. Sini? This is Patty. Yes, sir. The card says she was in a car wreck eight weeks ago. She cannot remember the past. Uh, deterioration of the jawbone that dislocates when the mouth opens. Is that correct? She has a drawing. Has a drawing. Continuously from that jaw through the neck. Oh, Mrs. Sini has nothing that you have done uh, restored her? Evidently not. Yes, sir. We've had her to psychiatrists, and uh, the last thing now is they're going to commit her to an institution unless... Unless God heals her. Now, people, if we've ever prayed for anyone who needs help, this is it. Now, let's pray and believe God, pastors. Brother Dewey, touch me as a point of contact. Audience, touch the chair as a point of contact in front of you. Father, in the name of Christ, restore and heal Patty Sini. Heal! Restore! May it never return. May she be free forever in the name of Christ. Amen. Patty, something good happened to you then? Yes. Yes. How do you feel, Patty? I feel great. You feel great. Do you believe God? Yes. Do you think he has restored you? Yes. How old are you? Sixteen. What's your mother's name? Sini. Where were you born? 
Jackson, Mississippi. What's your father's name? Eugene Saney. What school are you going to? Pearl. Where? Pearl. 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 What grade are you in? I'll be a junior next year. Do you feel that God has restored you from this accident? Yes, sir. It will not worry you now and torment you? No, sir. How do you feel? I feel wonderful. Wonderful. Mrs. Saney, the tears are just beautiful streaming down your cheeks. You believed this, didn't you? Yes, sir. What gave you the faith to come here? Well, uh, my mother and father are so strong believers, and I brought my father, and Monday night he was healed completely. Your father was healed here? Yes, sir. Patty? Ah, oh, that smile worth a million dollars. First time she smiled. Well, she has a smile now, way, way, way down deep, right, Patty? You feel one now. Tell me how you feel, Patty. I feel like a better Christian than I've ever been. You're just on top of the world, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yes. Is this your other daughter? Let me see. I have her card here. Crossed eyes. I see that one. Thank you. Please, if you will, please. Open them up. It's that one. There it is. Yeah. Both of them. All right. Father. Shield. Look at those preachers there. Look at your sister. Look at your mother. for your children. God. God. That's right. We ought to give the glory to him who deserves it. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was a great uh, miracle worker, um, Oral Roberts, um, back in the day there. And the reason I chose that clip is because you could already see the faith of the mother bringing her children. She, we have to appropriate the faith as well for the healing. Her faith was out for the children to be healed. You see, already her faith was built because her father, I believe, had already previously been healed. And you see how healings are incredible for evangelism. You see, where Jesus did all amounts of healings, the crowds that flocked to him were incredible. So this, the gifts of healings are so important because they edify the body, they glorify God, and they're incredible to show the power of God to the world. But you see how Oral Roberts, his faith there, he was operating in the gift of faith, and the gift of faith is the launch pad to the two other gifts of power, the gifts of healing and the gifts of miracle. But at the root of that, we must have the gift of faith to launch in to those gifts. You see there the gift of faith that all Roberts had to initially step out and believe that God was going to heal them. But then he flowed in the gifts of healings and the gifts of miracles there. The gifts of healings and the gifts of miracles are very closely linked. But I'll go through shortly of how we can discern which is which. But that's powerful for the body of Christ when we operate fully in the gifts that are given us by Christ. You see, the gift of faith is the springboard to the other gifts of power, of healings and of miracles. We see Jesus in Mark 12 and 20 to 25. We see that he cursed the fig tree because it was not bearing fruits. A period of time came then when Peter came back 
moments later, or a period of time later, and he said, Jesus, look, the fig tree is rotten from the roots. And you see, Jesus goes on to say that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say unto this mountain, be thy lifted up and be thy removed. And if you believe in your heart, that it shall be done. You see, what the gift of faith is, is we have the faith of God. We literally tap in to the faith of God. And we have a mustard side portion of God's own faith. And when we just have a mustard seed of God's faith, we can move mountains. We tap into the faith of the creator of the heavens and earth, where all things are possible. You see that Jesus there, with the gift of faith, operated also with a word of faith, producing a miracle. Lazarus was dead for days, and Jesus stood back, and he said with a word of faith, operating in the gift of faith, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus rose from the dead and stepped out again alive. The gift of faith. The individual does not operate the gifts, but they operate through him at God's choosing. Hebrews 2.4 says, God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his will. It's according to how he wills to move. But we can earnestly desire the gifts to operate in them. You see, I had an experience myself where I believe God taught me a tremendous amount on the gift of faith and potentially the gift of healings and the gifts of miracles. I've shared this story before, but I was out one afternoon on a nice sunny afternoon. I was out on my motorbike and I was listening to worship music the whole day and listening to messages as I drove around the southwest countryside. But as I drove, minding my own business and just praising God and worshiping God, I went to turn in to head down towards the coast. And as I went to turn in to head down towards the coast, there was a vehicle in the middle of the road. And literally as I got parallel to the vehicle that was by the side of me, I saw a man stood over a young child. It must have been no more than one, two years old, in its nappy, just on the bonnet or on the boot of the car, with a man all in green stood over this child. And a hundred thoughts go through my head. I just looked and I thought, oh, well, the man in green there, I presumed, was an ambulance. So I thought, well, there's nothing more I can do. Although trained in first aid, I thought maybe I could do something, but I'm not more qualified than a person in the ambulance. So I will let it go. But as I turned in, a voice so clearly spoke to me in my inner man. And the word said to me, he has not got the authority. And it's hard to explain what happened next, but it was as if something possessed me. I knew that I had the authority of Christ inside me. And my heart went out to that man doing everything he possibly could in the natural. But sometimes we need something supernatural, amen? I can't remember too much because it was a bit of a haze, but all I knew for that moment is I jumped off my motorbike. I don't even know where I put my helmet, but all I know is that I had the authority. And whatever the issue was, may God use me in this situation. I felt the presence of God over me. I didn't know what I was going to do when I got there. I don't even know what I was going to find. But as I walked up between two men, the father which I know now is the father overlooking the child, was giving the child mouth to mouth, and there was a bystander just aimlessly stood by. The mother of the child was running up and down the road on the end of her mobile phone, speaking to the ambulance crew forensically, and then shouting to her husband instructions of what to do. 
I walked in between the two people, feeling the presence of God, and I had no idea. I just grabbed hold of the child's legs, and the child was white. It was gone. The lips were blue, and I thought the, 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 the father was just giving it mouth to mouth, but he was giving mouth to mouth to a body that was just dead. I just held onto the child's legs, and I just began to speak in tongues. And I just went, Lord, in the name of Jesus. At that moment, I can't, hard to describe, but it was as if I blacked out. I cannot remember the next moments, but all I remember the next moments is I heard a baby crying, and as I've looked over my right shoulder, the child was in the father's arms, crying. At that very point, a helicopter came down, an ambulance, air ambulance, and then landed and ran over across the road and grabbed the child and took it away. But the child was crying and the child was alive. I later found out that the father there, that outfit was just, um, he worked for the council and that was the council's outfit. But at that point, moment, it was, a, it was a strategic, monumental time in my life because I felt the power of God like I can never describe. I couldn't even speak. Every time I went to speak, it, I could not open my mouth. I just felt the glory and power of God saturate me at that moment. And I believe there I tapped into God's faith. God wanted a supernaturally move. And what it taught me and what I saw at this point is we have to be open for the Spirit of God to move as he wills and when he wills. I understood to a greater level the common grace that God has for all and God's compassion that he has upon us. I saw and realized how much he hated sickness and disease and death. I learned that it was his desire wholeheartedly to heal the sick. And how much God wants to show his power to save the lost. Now, the gifts of healing specifically. We see that the gift of faith is a launch pad into the gifts of healings. And this is a a description for you of the gifts of healings. It is a supernatural manifestation of the Spirit of God that miraculously brings healing and deliverance from disease and or affirmity. The healing power of God channeled through the one who ministers into the body of the one who is sick. It is a supernatural healing without human aid. You see, healing... Healing relieves the body of disease and defect and may be it may be imperceptible and it might be gradual. You see in Luke 17 verse 4, 10 lepers Jesus healed. And it says they went away and were healed. They were healed as they went, the word states. And then it goes on to say that only one of them came back and gave thanks when he realized he was healed. So healings... They may be gradual. We see when Jesus cursed the fig tree, it wasn't instantaneously withered. It took a period of time. So and so is the like manner of the gifts of healings. But what it does do, it relieves pain and or prolongs life. It demonstrates, very importantly, the power of Jesus' name. Now the gifts of miracles, so we can discern between the two, is an extraordinary occurrence that cannot be explained naturally. It's a change that goes beyond healing, for example, lengthens limbs, uh, the growing back of, of limbs, supernatural transformations in people's bones and people's structures. It is perceptible and is instantaneously. What we saw on the screen there was instantaneous, and it was clearly perceptible. We could see it happen before our eyes. But what they do do, it brings instant relief to the person in faith receiving that, and it brings glory to God's name, very importantly. So how did Jesus operate in this gift, and how are we to operate in this gift? 
Well, firstly, a few things that we can learn from Jesus' ministry is, number one, he never turned away anybody that was sick. He never said it was not God's will for them to be healed or that their sickness was too big. Jesus laid his hand on people and the power of God flowed through him and it parted it into the sick person and it drove out the sickness and replaced it with his light and with his truths and with his glory and power. You see, in Acts 5, 15 and 16, we can see here the Apostle Paul. So that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of, the pe- the, of Peter passing might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. You see that even the glory and presence of God radiating off the Apostle Peter. Even people in his shadows were healed. And you see the corresponding action that took place there. People flocked for that healing power. And that's what the great gift of healings does. It brings people, it brings glory to God's name and his supernatural power. You see also Paul, we've seen Jesus there, we've seen Paul, uh, Peter, and we see Paul in Acts 28, 8 to 9. It happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he, said his hand, and he laid his hands on him, and he healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had disease also came, and they were healed. Time and time and time again in the scriptures, we see that God healed, the apostles healed in the name of Jesus, and the crowds came flocking. A third of the New Testament was Jesus casting out demons and casting out the sick. Can we see how much Jesus wants his people healed? Can you see how much Jesus wants us to take our land, our inheritance, and live a whole and healthy and prosperous, abundant life that he promised? He wants his body well. He wants it healed. He wants it healthy, free from disease, and free from the enemy's claws. We are Canaan's kids. That is our land, and that is our inheritance through Christ Jesus. The gift of healings heals us physically, It can heal us emotionally and it can heal us spiritually. It can heal us spiritually from bitterness, from greed, from unforgiveness. There are many diversities of the gifts of healings. It says, you know, we see the great Oral Roberts we saw there. Great healing and miracle ministry and anointing upon him. Wigglesworth, A.A. Allen, Coe. Catherine Kuhlman, to name a few, the greats who can operate in those gifts. But that's not just set aside for some great man of God. It's for you and I. Each and every one of us has the spirit of the living God in them. And the fruits of that spirit are your weapons. They're your weapons to invade your land and to be victorious in it. So what are some of the hindrances to healing? Well, first of all, we cannot negate the natural. God can heal, but he's also given us a mind to be wise. He still wants us to look after our temple. We can't live an an unrighteous life. We cannot uh, live a, a, a frivolous life, have a poor diet, poor rest, just generally poor looking after ourselves. And, not, and, and then expect God to heal us. Yes, he will heal us. But also, let's bear in mind, we have to naturally do all we can to look after the temples that we have. We are a spiritual, we are a spiritual being, but we also have a body that we must maintain as tents as we go about our journey on this earth. But knowledge. Isaiah 5, 13 says, My people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. We must know the word of God. People perish for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4.6 says. The girl, bless her, approached me not so long ago. She was healed 
by Christian during one of his meetings. And her neck was loose. And I sat down with her. And she then wanted to join a, a cell group or see more of what Kensington Temple was doing. And I don't know how it came about, but we came onto the subject of the believer's authority. I said, it's great that somebody can pray for you and heal you here right now. But do you know, you have the power of God living inside you. And you can step into that faith. And you can walk in the healness. You can walk in this wholeness. She went, what, me? I said, yes. I said, you have the power of the living God living in you. She said, well, I come from, I come from a Jehovah Witness. And I've never heard that before. And then we managed to speak to her, and she's, I saw her on the steps just a couple of weeks ago, now in the cell group. Her face completely changed and bright. She was becoming to understand her believer's authority that Christ had purchased for her. Amen. So people perish for lack of knowledge. We suffer for unbelief. This is very sad, but a close friend of the family, lovely Christian lady, very good friends of my mum. She unfortunately came down with cancer. But she was adamant that God had given her the cancer and was going to teach her something through it. No matter what we said, no matter how much we prayed, she was adamant. No, God wants me to have this. Let me tell you, Kensington Temple, that is a lie of the devil. It's a lie of the devil. God wants you healed. Unfortunately, that lady, a close family friend, passed away, leaving behind her three young daughters. That's not God's will for anybody's life. So unbelief. We mustn't be in unbelief. We, mustn't, we must know the word of God. Unconfessed sin. Proverbs 28, 13. Unconfessed sin. That is a route for the enemy to come in. There's a battle taking place in this earth while we're here. The enemy wants to pour destruction upon us and sickness and disease upon us. But we're in Christ Jesus and we're victorious and we must repel that. We must stand true to his word and stand in the victory that we have. We stand in the full armor of God in Ephesians 6.10 and we operate in the gifts of the Spirit and we stay in his presence and we stay in his word. That is not for us to have. Bitterness and unforgiveness is another big route for the enemy to come into our lives. Occult involvement and Freemasonry, false religions, are a big hindrance to us in getting healing and, very importantly, opening ourselves up to receive sickness and disease. Oral Roberts said... Jesus Christ did not come with a life-shortening suggestion, but with a life-saving power. His highest wish is for us to prosper and have health in both soul and body. He said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. The story of Jesus' is a story of deliverance in the power of his pure and healthy being and in the strength of an undivided personality. The master of men came into this world to bring release to man from his spiritual, mental illnesses and to make him a whole man. So how does Jesus do this? How are we to minister the gifts of healings? Well, we see throughout the whole New Testament there and Jesus as he went about the earth and the apostles and the disciples was from laying on of hands. Mark 16, 18, it says, he laid hands on the sick and they recovered. Through the word of authority, we already spoke there about Lazarus, through the word of faith, through the word of authority, God's word is his will. And when we stand on faith in God's word and we proclaim it in faith and with authority, Whatsoever we say unto that mountain, it shall be removed. Healing anointing can descend upon a whole congregation. In Luke 5.17, it says the Pharisees and the, the teachers, they had all gathered from many towns 
and the power of the Lord was there to heal. It's been known in great services, and I'm sure we've experienced it here at Kenston Temple, that a healing anointing and the power of God descends upon the whole congregation. And God sovereignly moving as he wills, heals people of every disease and infirmity in that place. Do you know my, another one of my friends actually, I was in the Royal Marines with him, and his mother came to my church. And his mother, from a young age, had an illness. She had cere- cerebral palsy, and her hips were also out of line. And for all the time that I knew her coming to my church, she walked uh, severely disabled and with crutches. She went up north to Hull to a, um, a revival meeting. Before she even got into the premises, she was instantaneously healed. The next thing, she walks back into our church with no crutches. She wasn't working perfectly, but she had no crutches and she was able to walk, I would say, 80% better than she had done before. And you know, that's actually on, uh, on YouTube. If you type in Karen's healing in Hull, it will come up there and you'll be able to hear of that testimony for yourself. So that's another example of God's healing. When his power descends upon the place, what has darkness to do with light? God repels anything that's not of him. And one of those things that's not of Jesus Christ, and that's death, sickness, and disease. And that must flee in the name of Jesus. You see, I know that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And Jesus' healing ministry was top priority to relieve people of their misery, of their hurt, and their pain. God does not want us sick. You see in Mark 16, 17 to 18 again, God tells us. It's interesting because God, uh, Jesus, when he is resurrected, he had made himself, revealed himself to some of the disciples and he sat around a table and he's gathered around a table and he begins to rebuke them. He rebukes them for their hardness of heart and their unbelief because they did not believe those who had seen him that he had risen. He then goes on to minister to them and he says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. The gifts of healing and the gifts of the Spirit edify the body. It encourages the body. It is great for evangelism and it brings glory to God's name. You know, I was speaking about Canaan and now we possess the land of Canaan. We have the authority in Christ Jesus. You have all authority, the word states, to tread upon serpents, to heal the sick, to cast out demons. We have that authority in Christ Jesus. Now we must look at the believer's faith to receive healing, but also to demonstrate and heal others. God wants to move through his body. Yes, he can sovereignly operate through the, through the gifts of the Spirit as he so wills, but he wants his body to operate in the fullness of these gifts that he's given to us. They're a gift. They're for us, and they're for us to operate in. It doesn't surprise me that one of the enemy's greatest ploys would be to close down these gifts, to make people believe that they're not ours to have. That's a lie. These gifts are for us. They're in our atonement. They're the believer's authority. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are filled and imparted with these gifts. You see that 
God had given them the land, but they had to possess it. We have to possess our land. We must possess our souls and take our territory. We have also now the authority of Christ. You see that when we are saved, there's a process. Our minds, even though our spirits are made alive to Christ instantaneously, it's a process that we have to go through in the renewing of our mind and to bring us into full sanctification. And that's a journey. And that's a process. But we must grow in knowledge. We must, the faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word. We must grow in faith. We must hear the word. I heard Kenneth Hagin, a great story by Kenneth Hagin, a great word of faith man and a, a great healing, man who operated powerfully in the healing. He said he was at a great meeting and he was down one end of the line healing the sick, healing the sick. And he became weary and he became tired. And he said when he became tired and when he became weary, he'd feel the anointing come off him. He said, it was hard for me to operate in the anointing when I was tired in the natural. So he got to the end and there was a lady in the wheelchair. And he had heard on the grapevine, but this lady was so desired to be healed. And he just said to her, lady, listen. He opened up his book to the scriptures I read to you earlier. And he laid the Bible on her lap. And he said, listen, now you read these scriptures. And he read to her Isaiah 53.5. And he got her to read it out aloud. He, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. He then got her to read 1 Peter 2.3. He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. And he said to her, as she confessed this over her own life, he said, now what does that word state in the end there? Does it say, you were healed? She went, yes, I, I was healed. Well, that means if I was healed, that means that I am healed. And he said, yes, sister, stand on your feet. And he pulled her out of the wheelchair and she went running around the building. You see, it's our faith. We have spiritual authority and we have our own faith as well. The word of God is his will. And the promises in this word are yours in Christ Jesus. And everything in Christ Jesus is a yes and amen. And his word states that by his stripes you were healed. In the name of Jesus, amen. You see, we've got to appropriate our own faith. There's got to be a bit of a two-way thing here. Yes, God can sovereignly move as he wills, but also we can also assist by appropriating our own faith. You see on the video clip that I played you earlier, they were hungry, they were thirsty, they believed, they were appropriating their own faith. Now Acts 14, 18 to 10, the Apostle Paul and in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and he walked. You see here with the woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5, 32. And he looked around to see her. Who had done this thing? Jesus felt power in amongst a large crowd when he was going and ministering on his ministry. He felt power come out of him. And he wanted to know who had touched the garment. He had felt power come out of him. And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith 
has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. To by your faith you were healed. You see, God can sovereignly move as he wills, but he wants us to also exercise our God-given faith. He wants us to grow up into maturity and not drink of milk, but eat of steak, of meat. That's what he wants, and that's what we're to live in. We're to appropriate and live in the faith that God is giving us. And faith will come by hearing and by hearing the word of God and confessing, positive confession and declaration over your lives, the truths of God. Now, it may not come instantaneously, but it's done in the spirit, just like the fig tree. But the gap between the supernatural occurring and for it uh, um, manifesting itself in the natural, we must keep our faith. Because we don't look to the natural, to our circumstances and situations, but we look to the word of God. And some of you here may be sick, And it's been a season and a time where you know you've exercised your faith, that you are healed. But I encourage you, keep on carrying on. Stay in the word of God. Keep declaring that over your life, that by your stripes you are healed. Make sure you're living a righteous life. And in due season, that fig tree, that root of that disease shall wither and it shall die in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. I was just about to embark on a big phase of my career. I was to hit the pinnacle of my career and everyone who was a soldier dreamed of the day of attaining this accolade. I had to train in the end for two years to get myself mentally, spiritually and physically ready to go through what I was going to go through. And I had shins, very bad shins. I ran a lot on roads to keep my fitness up and to run. And I got shin splints in each of my shins. But it was becoming so bad that the shin splints were turning into stress fractures. The tendon was pulling so hard on my shins that my shin began to crack. I had hairline fractures in my shins. It was painful, painful. And I said to myself, God, I believe that you want me to go and achieve this. It was going to be tough as it is, with only a 5% pass rate. And I said, but with this limitation, with this pain, I can never reach the speed or maintain my fitness to the level you want. The pain was excruciating. The military did everything they could for me in the natural with buying me specialist insoles to realign my feet and realign my legs to take the pressure off my shins, but it was no good. I laid on my sofa one day And I just laid on my hands on my shins. And I went, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I didn't even think about it at that moment. But I reckon it must have been a few months later and I was running. And I said, where is my pain in my shins gone? And the x-rays would show there was nothing. Gone. We're following the will of God. He wants us healthy, and he wants us well. Faith is believing God, not with your head, but with your heart. Seeing is not believing. If you can see it, you don't need faith for it. I want to show you another story. I, was, I didn't know that this was going to be another pivotal moment in my life. There's pivotal moments in my life where God has really drastically taught me major things and taken me through some major obstacles, A lot of the time it's the chastisement of the Lord, of him bringing to my knees and breaking that will in me and teaching me some very hard lessons into some very, very hard situations. And I was in operations abroad as a soldier and we were just that evening about to fly out onto a mission. And this was going to be a big one. We had prepared for it for a long time. In the natural, it wasn't looking too good on paper. But we had faith in our training. We had faith in the assets we had. And I wanted to get on this mission. Every soldier dreams of one battle 
once in his lifetime. Every soldier dreams of one major battle once in his lifetime. Because you want to test yourself. You want to test your faith. You want to test your, 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 all that you've been trained to do. And I wanted to go on this mission. Yes, I was nervous. Yes, I was scared. But I wanted it. And I believe something was going to happen. I believe this was going to be a pivotal moment in my life. I really wanted to test myself. I wanted to test my faith. Lord, when those bullets and bombs are flying, when I'm facing that enemy face to face, have I really got what it takes? Will I really, just like the Apostle Paul, when the storms of life are coming against you, will I really stand strong? Will I still lift you up and declare you have God over my life? And as we're doing our preparations, I came down with a virus or a sickness that I cannot explain. I've not experienced it before. I felt nauseous. I felt dizzy. I was tired. And I thought, oh, you can imagine how this looks. If I go to my sergeant major now and say, yeah, sergeant major, do you know that big mission we're going on to tonight? Do you know I've just become a little bit sick and a little bit ill? Maybe I should stay behind for this one. I thought, I cannot do that. I want this mission, and perception is truth, isn't it? I don't care what the truth is here, perceive that. And as a Christian man, he might have thought, you know, you just don't want to engage in the enemy, do you? You're a Christian, one of those nice peacekeepers sort of, sort of things. But I was hit with something. And my closest friend, I grabbed him, I said, do you know what, Stu? I'm really concerned about tonight. I feel terrible. And I asked around the men, just casually saying, guys, have, uh, who had the chicken for lunch? Is everyone feeling okay? I was making it sure it wasn't food poisoning. Everyone was right as rain. Getting prepared, getting in the zone, ready for us to fly out on the task that evening. And I had to go to my bed. I laid on my bed, and I was sick as a dog. Just this something, something had cocooned me and enveloped itself around me. And I just stuck my worship music in. I just laid on my bed and I just prayed, Lord, please let this thing go. Please let this thing pass. I need to get on this mission tonight. As I sat there beginning to worship God, I started to speak the words that were in the song over my life. And it was something to the effect of, you know, Lord, you're my healer or something like this. And I was speaking it and I was confessing it. And do you know when you begin to descend into God's presence, into his spirit, and you feel him beginning to coon around you, and you almost sink into that other realm of peace and of tranquility. And as I began there to continue on worshipping and beginning to praying, I felt a spirit, I felt an air of faith rise up inside of me. I feel as if in the spirit I was pushing something off of me and it was giving me leeway it was giving me a bit of breathing space and I saw something for what it was and in my mind's eye I saw something that I had to push off me and prize off me it was like a dirty unclean spirit it was a I can't explain it in words but it was I seen an advert of a guy once who had a cold and this, do you know, it was just like that. That is not too far the truth. When I saw that, that's what I experienced. And I just rose up and I went, in the name of Jesus, you foul, disgusting demon, flee from me. In the name of Jesus. And I kept on saying it, and I kept on saying it. Every time I said it, it got further, and it got further away. And I could see it walking away from me in the spirit. And then it stopped and it looked back. And I went, in the name of Jesus, free! And it just scurried like a rat and just disappeared into oblivion. I knew, I knew with all my heart at that precise moment, I was healed. I knew it more than I know my own name. But I didn't feel it. I still felt dogged. But I kept on worshipping. I kept on praising. I give you my word, no more than three hours later, I was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to go. 
And my friend said to me, Chris, how are you feeling? I said, mate, I'm good. I'm absolutely perfect. I'm good. I'm ready to go. And truly, that was a pivotal moment in my life. God caught me some incredible things that evening about trusting in him. So the enemy knows. He'll always try and hinder and scarper what he wants you to enter into and the things that God wants from you. God wants you to invade the world with his light and with his power. He says, go into the world, preach my word, heal the sick, cast out demons, restore the brokenhearted. You have the power of God living in you. He says, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Matthew 10, 5 said, These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, cast out lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely you shall so receive. We surround ourselves with faith-filled people. We surround ourselves with people like our senior minister. We surround ourselves with people like Bruce. We surround ourselves with people like Gypsy Lee, who came here doing great healings and miracles. We listen to the words of the great forefathers who've gone before us, the Oral Roberts, the Smith Wigglesworth. We surround ourselves with people with faith because that world out there wants nothing but to nullify you, want to neutralize you, wants to cut the legs off you and stop you from operating into the fullness of what Christ has imparted in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If I ask for the worship team to come back up now, and let's stand to our feet this afternoon, Kenston Temple. I just want you now to begin to bow your head and just close your eyes and just begin to feel God's presence, begin to yield to the healing anointing that is here this afternoon. And just as we begin now to go into worship as we begin to declare God's truths over our life, the truly, He is our healer. I want you to think of any illnesses that you have in your life that you cannot break, whether that be physical, whether that be spiritual, whether that be emotional. And I want you to begin to think of what I said to you about the barriers that can hinder us from receiving our healing. Lack of knowledge and unbelief, maybe unconfessed sin, bitterness and unforgiveness towards others, occult involvement, operating now or previously in the lights of false religions as Freemasonry. I want you to start thinking about the hindrances. I want you to start thinking about is that anything relevant in my life? Could that, that be the key to me not entering into the fullness of my healing that Christ has promised me? Maybe some of you here have not given your lives to the Lord this afternoon. Maybe some of you have not been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit where you have access to these gifts of God. Maybe you're just stepping out in faith this afternoon and you're wanting a point of contact. You're wanting someone to lay hands on you and join your faith with you to cast whatever is out in you. Anything that's hindering you, sickness, disease and infirmity and to be broken and taken out of your life by the power of the blood of man, by the power of Jesus, by the power of His Word. So just now as we begin to give Him praise, as you begin to fix your eyes on the author and finisher of your faith, as you stand on His Word, that by you His stripes you will heal, I want you to give Him praise. And we're going to step out in faith. And we're going to see people healed here this afternoon. Do you know on Wednesday, this person did not know that I was preparing for this message. Wednesday night prayer meeting, a man came over to me and he said, Chris, I believe I just had a, a vision 
and I saw a vision of like a, a, a berry, like a grape, and it was being squeezed, and a red juice was coming out of the berry, and I think the juice was the blood of Jesus, and I saw healings, and I saw it taking place right here. And I was preparing for ministering to you this afternoon, and that word spoke to me. And I'm going to step out in faith this afternoon that you're going to enter into the land of Canaan. You're going to possess your land and you're going to enter in today, the day of Pentecost, into the fullness of what the day of Pentecost purchased for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's keep ourselves in an atmosphere and an attitude of faith. And let's just yield to the Holy Spirit and ask Him to descend upon us with healings as we begin to worship Him in the name of Jesus.